It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, no! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White, how about him? Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn and Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for part two of our Christmas gifts for Jets fans from the football gods. You guys wrote in to us and told us the presents that you would like the football gods to deliver to Jets fans this Christmas. And so we're unwrapping these presents and hoping that the football gods will deliver them to you. Once again, I am joined by Nick Spano, the co-founder of U Stadium. Nick, before we start the show, I want to say Merry Christmas to you, your son Luca, your wife Addie, and of (laughs) course, your crazy but fun business partner, Frank. I appreciate that, and, and same to you, Scott. Your your fam, uh, the play like a jet listeners. You got a, a lot of really lo- loyal and and really smart fans, and maybe they learn it from you. I don't know. Maybe they learn it on their own. But I always get uh, in in the U Stadium DMs. I get a lot of uh, interaction and, and good conversation from uh, from your your fan base. So I appreciate you guys throughout the year. Obviously, um, unfortunately, the Jets are where they are right now. But hey, I mean. I think if if you told me I hate, I hate saying that, but if you told me back in August this is the situation we would have been in, um, yeah, I think we probably would have all signed up for it. But hey, now it's about we got that year one of the rebuild up. Now it's about making this team a a legitimate you know Super Bowl contender. Nick, by the way, would you say that the description I gave of Frank crazy but fun yes. is about the most accurate description you could ever give? Oh yeah, that's probably the most. Uh, most accurate thing that's ever been said between our conversation of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Let's unwrap some Christmas presents here. And we will start with Tyler Sloboda. He says, I would like for Quinn and Williams to have an amazing finish to the season and become the front runner for the Defensive Player of the Year award. He has had an incredible season. This is one of the best seasons any Jets defensive player has ever had. Not quite on the level of Klecko or Gastineau. Probably not quite on the level of Darrell Revis in 2009. But short of those seasons, this is as good as anything you're going to find in Jets history. And so I don't think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I do think Robert Sala is right. He's a legitimate top five defensive player in football now. I think Nick Bosa probably wins Defensive Player of the Year. And hot take, Nick Bosa should be a leading candidate for MVP as well, but he won't be. (laughs) I think Nick Bosa and Quinton Williams is an example of why sometimes it's smart to just do the boring thing in a draft because... We were saying before the draft, Nick Bosa, Quinn and Williams, two elite players. If one of them makes it to the Jets at three, just pick them and be thankful for it. That's what happened. They took Quinn and Williams, and so you're seeing the results now. We can argue over Quinn and Williams and Nick Bosa, but it doesn't matter because the Jets never had a chance at Nick Bosa. Either way, if they'd have gotten 
Bosa or Williams, they lucked out. And so thankfully, Mike McCagnan, one of the very few smart decisions he made was to keep that pick and draft Quinton Williams at number three. So I don't think he's going to get defensive player of the year, but I do think he'll probably be a top five finisher. And he has certainly become an elite football player. And Nick, here's one thing that I want from the football gods or really from you. (laughs) And this is something that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. I want you to say it right now. I want you to admit it. We've all taken our L's in many respects. You and I both were wrong about Zach Wilson. We were both wrong about Sam Darnold. It happens. You got to be willing to admit when you're wrong. You were fantastically wrong about Quentin Williams in the most amazing way. I want you to say it right now on the show. It's Christmas Day. Admit it. Quentin Williams is an elite football player. He's one of the best defensive players in the NFL, and the Jets were right to pick him at number three. Say it right now, please. I, I hated the I hated drafting interior linemen high, I, I, especially where the team was roster wise at that point. Um, <clears throat> I was completely wrong, especially this, he's had an, an elite season for for damn sure. Um, clearly the best defensive player on the team. Um, I still don't love, but I'll have to stomach it paying an interior defensive lineman twenty million dollars a year, especially when you have no answer at quarterback. But that's not his fault. He did everything he he could and more this year. Uh, he came in great shape. He came in, he, he was a lot more uh, ferocious is the word I guess you could use um, than in the past. He, was, he felt a little timid to me in the past. And this year, um, I don't know if he was healthy, if he was in shape, if he's trying to get the contract, if it was a, you know, a comfort level in the defense, whatever it was, has worked and he's completely flipped the switch and he's, he's making those impact splash plays. You saw it even against uh the Jaguars the other night, the, the, the fumble, the sack for a fumble, that play where he read the screen and he, he was even able athletically to, to drop, you know, to fall back and, and tip the ball away. And of course, none of our, our other defensive players are there to, to pick the ball off or, or whatever, which always seems to be the case. But again, not his problem. He's, he, he's had a, one of the best defensive seasons in Jets history for sure. Um, and I'll definitely take DL on, on saying he, he wasn't the right pick at three that year. Um, I just, you know, I, I, I'll have to get over spending that kind of money. It'll take me some time, um, but it's nothing against the player at this point. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next one comes in from Quincy Munn. He says, please just give Garrett Wilson the yardage he needs to get over 1,000 and win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Not much more you can ask for anymore this season. Might as well go with that. I think he's easily going to get over a thousand yards. Can't imagine he doesn't get four yards in the next two weeks. As far as offensive rookie of the year, he deserves it. There's no doubt about it. But depending on what happens at quarterback, I don't know if he gets passed by Chris Olave. That's certainly a possibility. Or Christian Watson, who has seven touchdowns. I think Garrett Wilson still probably wins it. Knock on wood. But we'll see what happens the last two weeks. If I were a voter, I would look at the situation he was in at quarterback and see what was going on and how great he was when he even had the slightest chance to do something. And I would vote for him regardless. Maybe that's my Jets fandom colored glasses, but I really think that's a legitimately fair way to look at it. Totally. And I I think he deserves it. He's been consistently, especially over the past few weeks outside of last Thursday night. But I mean, I think we can all look at that objectively and say, yeah, it's not his fault. Um, he's done way more with less than any of the other rookies. He's played every game. Uh, the Alave thing is, is a tough one, but, you know, he's played indoors in the NFC South in a, in a division where they just throw the ball around with kind of no regards. He, 
Um, terrible defenses, awesome atmosphere, you know, awesome uh, situation in a dome. Obviously, no weather really impacts you. Even when you, when you're on the road, you're playing in Tampa, Carolina, or or Atlanta in the dome. So you know what is it? Nine, ten, twelve, or thirteen of his games are either played indoors or in warm environments. Um, so Garrett Wilson's playing outside in the rain, snow, wind, whatever, and he's putting up better stats than Alave. So. I think he's – I don't know if they look at all that like like I do or we do, uh, but I think he should easily win it and he'll definitely get over 1,000 yards because hopefully Zach Wilson never takes another snap for the Jets. So um, what an awesome year for Garrett Wilson. He just, he just shows what a, a true game-breaking player this guy can be with, with even average quarterback play. You know, he's, he's a guy who can take it the distance, really, if you get him the ball and space on, on the move. You know, he, he, makes, he can make you miss and he could score really on any play. I will absolutely gladly take the L on Garrett Wilson. I didn't want that pick at number 10. I just didn't think a receiver was the right move there. And I thought Garrett Wilson would be good, but not great. He has been unbelievable, and he has the potential to ultimately be the best receiver the Jets have ever drafted. Now, Don mm-hmm. Maynard was not drafted by the Jets, so even though he went to the Hall of Fame as a Jet and spent almost his entire career as a Jet, Don Maynard was not drafted by the Jets, so I'm not saying Garrett Wilson's going to be better than Don Maynard. But could he be better than Wesley Walker and Al Toon? Yeah, absolutely, he could. If he stays healthy, he has the potential to be an incredible player. We've seen it. Like you said, not only can he go up and get the ball at the weirdest angles because of his basketball background, but his basketball background also allows him to have that type of footwork like a crossover dribble that just makes these guys fall on their face. He gets all these extra yards. And he has potential to be one of the best receivers in the league for a really long time. That's why I've been rolling with him over at prizepicks.com and the prizepicks app every week in their prizepicks daily fantasy matchup player projections because he's won for me almost every week. Now, it didn't happen this past week because of the quarterback situation. His prizepicks player projection was 58 yards, he only got 30. But I think he's going to be able to beat his prize picks player projection again this coming week against Seattle. If you agree with me, you should pick him as one of your two to six players over at prizepicks.com and the prize picks app because when you pick two to six players, if they beat their prize picks player projection, you can win up to 25 times the amount of money that you put in. You don't have to play against anybody else just against the prize picks player projections. You don't even have to do football. You can do baseball, basketball, hockey, anything you want. It's all there, prizepicks.com. When you sign up, use the promo code PLAJ and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 bucks. Put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com or the prizepicks app. Use the promo code PLAJ and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Next one comes in from OG Webb. He says, I would like health for Elijah Vera Tucker, Brees Hall, and Makai Becton in 2023. I'm going to make a bold prediction here, Nick. I think Makai Becton is going to come back healthy. He had two unrelated freak injuries. Injuries, and I think he's going to be really, really good next year. I think Elijah Vera Tucker will also come back healthy, and he'll be good next year too. I think Brees Hall is going to take longer than those two to get back. I think he may not get back until like October, but I think slowly but surely the rust will come off and he'll have a nice season. It is nice to see, though, that Bam Knight and Michael Carter are here. They're nowhere near as effective as Brees Hall, but I do think that if you have a healthy Elijah Vera Tucker and a healthy Mekhi Becton next year, that will help any running back enormously because both of those guys are monsters in the running game. Yeah, I think that that kind of trends on uh, trends on a borderline Christmas miracle rather than a Christmas present if Mackay Becton is healthy. But 
um, from your lips to God's ears, man, that would be a, <laughs> a massive, <laughs> a massive uh, win for the Jets if you can get Beckton and AVT back here because um, I'm curious, and, and I totally agree, if those guys become healthy, you know, are, be, come back and are healthy, it's a completely different team regardless of who's playing quarterback. But um, <clears throat> I'm curious to see what happens with AVT and where they where they set him in the lineup on 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 that offensive line, are you going to move him right, put him back, back at right guard? He showed he could play both tackle spots at, at a pretty high level. So is he going to be the guy that you put at left tackle because it's harder to fill and, and then try and, you know, draft somebody or, or sign somebody to play right tackle and guard. Like that's going to be really an interesting conversation. We're going to have all off season is when AVT is back and healthy, where is he going to play? Um, is Becton going to be your right tackle? Is, is Dwayne Brown going to retire? I'm, I'm hoping he does so you can save money, but <laughs> Um, that's going to be really one of the storylines to follow is, is where everybody fits in on this offensive line. So, I mean, man, I, I, I pray that Becton is back and healthy. I'm, I'm a big Becton fan. I always have been, but it's, it's just tough to have any kind of hope in him. Uh, coming back here and being healthy and playing every game. My buddy Robbie Sabo just texted me and he said, I see what you're doing with this Christmas gift situation. How about gifting a psychiatrist to Zach Wilson? Sure. I think that I should probably get a psychiatrist as well after I sat in that terrible rain to watch that last game. I think you'd probably agree with me, Nick, that I'm in need yes. of mental help after doing that. But I will say this, Chris Walker and I and my co-founder over at playlikeajet.com, we sat in the rain and the reason we did it is because we've been saying for seven years that all we wanted to see was the Jets in a meaningful game in late December. They were in a meaningful game in late December and the way I looked at it was this was the last home game I'm going to be able to be at for nine months. So might as well go to the stadium. I did. And now I sort of wish that I had sat on the couch. But what are you going to do? What a fitting way to to send it off. It's like, hey, we're going to even the football gods hate us so much that they have to give us the the option of you can either not see this team at home, you know, in live in action for another almost year, or you can come sit in 40 degree weather <laughs> with heavy wind and heavy rain. So pick your pick your poison here. Next one comes in from my buddy Ron Ferraro. He says, how about a redo of the first round of the 1983 draft where the Jets take Marino this time instead of Ken O'Brien? Yes, certainly that would be awesome. And imagine Dan Marino with that potent offense the Jets had in the mid-80s with Wesley Walker, Al Toon, Mickey Shuler, Freeman McNeil. The Jets could have won a Super Bowl. Now, I don't want this to sound like I'm bashing Ken O'Brien because here's the thing. Even though the Jets made a mistake taking Ken O'Brien over Dan Marino, the way I've described this in the past is that it's almost the equivalent of taking Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers. Of course, it's a huge mistake, but at least the Jets got a good quarterback. It's not like they took Todd Blackledge, and Blackledge went way ahead of where the Jets picked, by the way. If that had happened, that would have been a different story. Or even Tony Eason. Tony Eason did get the Patriots to a Super Bowl, but his career was a major disappointment. At least Ken O'Brien made three Pro Bowls, took the Jets to the playoffs three times, and had a nice career for seven and a half years. Obviously, if you could have a redo, getting Marino would be huge because, as I said, I think the Jets very well could have won a Super Bowl with Dan Marino, but at least Ken O'Brien was good. That's the difference between that regret and the regret of some of the quarterbacks the Jets have picked more recently. Yeah, it's true, and, and you, could, you could ask for a redo of that draft. You could ask for a redo of 2018, now 2021, so um, it just seems like... We want to redo every time we're drafting a quarterback because we picked the wrong one. <laughs> 
Next one comes in from Jet Life RDT. He says, how about a new stadium that doesn't look like an air conditioner? <laughs> there we go. Now, here's where I sit on this. I don't like MetLife Stadium. It's not because I don't like the location. I just don't like the stadium. I mentioned how I was at Highmark Stadium a couple of weeks ago. And while it's not some fancy stadium, it's a really fun place to watch a football game, which is, of course, why they're going to tear it down and build some luxury stadium because that's the way this works now. But if you're talking about a fun place to watch a football game, Highmark Stadium is where you'd want to be on a Sunday. It's open air. It's built sort of like a college stadium. I really like the feel. MetLife Stadium, ugly stadium, don't like it. That said, I like the location because it's easy for me to get to. And there are a lot of people that want it in Queens or Brooklyn or Manhattan. I got to be honest, the traffic would be brutal. I have no desire personally to drive to one of those places. You could put the stadium in Albany. I'll, I'll, I would drive two, three hours just so that I don't have to drive 45 minutes to, to, the, to Jersey. This team has no identity, whether it's on the field or off the field. It just feels like we're an orphan. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just you're, you're like this, the second rate kind of guy, second rate team with an owner who's a, I don't know, he's either an alien or some type of reptilian character and doesn't really know what's going on. And it's just kind of has a, has a team because he has, he's been given a lot of money in his life. And, um, the, the team has no, no structure. It doesn't have any kind of identity and you play in a building that you rent out. Um, feels like a, it feels like a, a Westie storage and there's just nothing to them. So for me, you're you're not playing in the same state where you're supposed to be. You know, you're this New York team. Get get out of there. Go do something on your own, even if it's smaller and even if it's in the middle of nowhere. But just at least give yourself a, a town that you can be proud of, a stadium you can be proud of. You know, it's bad enough the team has been so bad on the field. Um, now just adding, just com- compounding issues with with the, the uniforms, the the location, the stadium, all that's kind of. You know, encompasses of what it's been like being a Jeff fan for for years and years. Next one comes in from Big Cheesus. He says Joe Klecko and Darrell Revis to go into the Hall of Fame together in 2023. I got good news. I think you're going to get that. I think Joe Klecko and Darrell Revis are both going to go into the Hall of Fame. I think Revis goes in first ballot, and I think the Veterans Committee is going to put Joe Klecko in. Both very well deserved. We've talked about Klecko and Revis's Hall of Fame candidacy in the past, so I'm not going to go deep into it, but. Anybody who watched Darrell Revis understands that he was an elite player, one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. That first run with the Jets before he got hurt was one of the best runs you will ever see. There's no question he's going to get in. And as far as Joe Klecko, it took him way too long. People will look at stats. But you got to remember, sacks weren't an official stat at the beginning of his career. He would have a lot more official sacks if they had counted them. Remember, he had over 20 sacks in 1981. Joe Klecko and Mark Gastineau had over 20 sacks apiece that year. Think about that, Nick. That's bonkers. Imagine a team with two guys that had over 20 sacks in the same season. Klecko played every single position on the defensive line and was dominant in all of them. You can ask the players that played against him. You can ask the players that played with him. And he did it for a decade while hurt every step of the way. Joe Klecko was never fully healthy for any game and still he went out there and wrecked dudes. So I think you're 
going to get it. Joe Klecko and Darrell Revis are going to go into the Hall of Fame together this summer. And if you're a Jets fan who really loves this team and has a sense of the history of this team, seeing two players that made their mark as Jets going together is something special. I'm looking to go to Canton this summer, and I really recommend every Jets fan should. If you've never been to Canton on induction weekend, by the way, it's so much fun to begin with. But to go out there when there's going to be two Jets likely getting inducted, I can't recommend the trip enough. Yeah, and they're, and they're going to be playing in that Hall of Fame game too, for sure. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they'll be playing against, but if it's Revis and, and Klecko, they'll they'll 100% be in there because, <clears throat> you know, the great thing is a lot of the times, especially we just saw with Franco Harris, sometimes with these older guys, they, they get in too late. It's too late. They've, they've passed on or they're just not healthy enough or, or, you know, able to get out to Canton. So in Klecko's case, he is, thankfully, and he'll be, you know, he'll be there and obviously Revis. Um, so to have them there and in person and be able to t- – to kind of celebrate that is awesome and you know hopefully this at the time of the hall of fame game they'll we'll be looking at a team that's you know ready to go not just saying all right maybe we can rebuild and sneak into the playoff conversation you know hopefully we're talking about a team that's that's really getting ramped up to go and it's the you know the, the kickoff to the football season so it could be a really really fun trip in about eight months from now Nick Spano, co-founder of U Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on on Christmas Day for part two of us unwrapping the Christmas gifts that Jets fans want from the football gods. Really appreciate it. Merry Christmas, my friend. And again, to your lovely wife, Addie, to your son, Luca, and to, as I said, your fun and crazy business partner, Frank, (laughs) over at U Stadium. You guys are doing a great job at U Stadium. You've got the takes feature, which is incredibly popular. And the reason it's popular, Nick, is because you can win money without risking any of your own. And there's nothing better than that. Amen, man. And happy happy, uh, New Year. Merry Christmas to you and your family, all the the Play Like a Jet family. Appreciate you guys always. And um, yeah, check out the takes feature if you guys are sitting home today or tomorrow or throughout. You know, this next week is always weird because you're kind of, you know, the the December 26th through New Year's Eve is like kind of a blur. You don't know what you're doing. So if you're sitting there, you're watching uh, the games this weekend or, you know, you're watching some basketball and you want to you know, get some, get some, uh, you have some opinions or predictions that you want to make and you want to make some money off of them. Let's say, uh, the, let's say the Jets win their next two, uh, you make that a take on the U stadium app, set a point value to it. Users on the app will agree or disagree. And then based on the outcome of that take, when that's determined points will be rewarded to the winning side and you can cash those points out. So, um, if you want to try it out, you know, no, no risk, shoot us a DM at U stadium. We'll get you some points. Uh, UCD, at Stadium on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Um, we're always around answering DMs or whatnot. So if you need us there, hit us up there and we'll get you some free points to try it out. Make sure you check out everything Nick just mentioned over at U Stadium. Check out everything we've got at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night.